0: The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rand. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, it's
1: episode 1030. Do you know where your children are? Plus, Wally West seeks a new flash, Brew Baker and Phillips do it right, taking you through the night. And there's new music from some old friends. So if you know what you do, we're gonna do it right now. But if you don't, we're still gonna do it. I mean, it's it, we have a script and there's a whole play, it's a show. We're here, we're recording it. So, you know, podcast on the air and the whole thing. And Major Spoilers loves you. Let's do this. All right. So
0: Welcome to issue 1030 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading and checking us out this week. Hey, we are joined once again this week from Rand by, not from, but by Rand Bellavia. Rand, welcome back to the show. Yeah, good to be here. I am, I've missed you so much. And uh, uh, you were scheduled to to be in some shows uh, previously, but I understand your your schedule is super, super busy.
2: Yeah, but, and actually, yeah, I can. Uh,
0: I was going to say, but you come with good news.
2: I have lots of good news. Um I was gonna say I, I could I I suppose do we want to start with the good Oogla news? Yeah, let's start
0: with the good Oogla news.
2: All right, yeah. We uh Oogla has, has been kind of back in action a little bit. We've uh over the last three months we've released three songs through wow. uh what they call The Fump, which uh is the funny music project. Uh it's a website that plays uh twice a week. They uh debut new songs by uh you know musicians that tend to do nerdy and funny stuff. Uh, and, the, and, uh, and so we, we've been releasing some songs through the fump. And the most recent one is a song about uh, Invader Zim. Love that show. Uh, and this is a song that was done as a, uh, uh, as a custom villain song for someone who supported our vinyl Kickstarter campaign last year. And uh, we were really happy with how it came out. It's, uh, we uh, did the song working with a producer named Jeff Thomas, who we've worked with in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've always been really happy with the results of it, and and uh, it really came through for us. It's got a real uh, kind of like
0: a early XTC vibe to it, which uh, certainly makes me happy. Oh, very cool! So the last time you were on, you had just released the one from Gravity Falls. Yes. Um, the Bill Cipher, the song. Bill Cipher song, which I just you know I stumbled across it. I had it on my uh, hard drive the other day, and I was like, oh, I forgot that uh, I still had this on my hard drive, and I was playing it, and it still holds up very, very much. Uh, this one. Uh, you know, I think invader Zim came out when I was in college or maybe post college I forget uh exactly um it came out at the same time around what Rugrats and all of that stuff was on yeah, okay, um, so uh, I may not have the greatest fondness for invader Zim that everyone else has, but uh tell us how fun this this song was to to write and perform
2: oh it was it it was great. I mean one of the things that you know uh. You know when Adam and I when Adam and I write, we start by kind of just talking about what is it we want to say about this character, what do we want to and, um, like whereas with the Bill Cipher song, I was a huge Gravity Falls fan, so I was mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, I got this. And while I like uh, Invader Zim, Adam was more of an Invader Zim fan, so ah. kind of like weirdly, it kind of started with him. And we kind of after like the first verse, we were both kind of running out of running out of steam, and we were like, well, I guess we're gonna have to go to Wikipedia and start, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But then Adam had the brilliant idea. He goes, Why don't we just make it like a metaphor? Like, when you, by the time you get to the chorus, let's make it. It's not even about Invader Zim. It's about a guy who, you know, basically his girlfriend left him and he feels like Invader Zim. You know, mm. and then, of course, the, the like underneath it all is, like, you know, like a lot of early Ukla songs, it's, it's back to like, yeah, she left you because you spend way too much time watching Invader <laughs> Zim. Um, you know, it's the kind of the subtext. And so it's kind of a throwback to the earliest Ugly songs that were all just kind of like more about like referencing pop culture as we talk about our romantic misery. Yeah, and I should even, I should say quickly that it's totally a character. Neither Adam nor I are romantically miserable at this stage in our lives, so that is the good news. Uh, well, good. I am, so that's fine.
0: All right. Well, uh, <laughs> tell you what. Last time you allowed us to play uh, the Bill Cipher song, will you allow us to play the Invader Zim song for for our I, listeners? I,
2: I think I will, and I hope they enjoy it.
0: All right, let's take a listen, everybody.
2: Scooch,
1: take the You
2: left me in an empty home to watch a second season alone Invader Zim I thought you were my bride, but you lied and I cried. Now I won't be rude. I feel like he said I'm on a secret mission to Earth for Operation Pending Doom. You left me in an empty home. you left the cats there to watch a second season alone.
0: There you go. That was wonderful, Rand. That was really, really great. Um, So I know people can just rewind this and play it again and again and again, and that's that's fine and all that good stuff. But really, we want to be able to support uh, fine artists like Rand and uh, Adam and Ookla the Mock and everybody that that performs with Ookla the Mock. So if people wanted to get this for their very own, load the song up onto their onto their MP3 player, what would they need to do to get this? Well,
2: yeah, they could. Uh, right now, they can go to the FUMP, which is you know T H E F U M P dot com, and they could uh, stream it from there or they can download it from there. Uh, it will uh, be up on um, on you know streaming services, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Probably um, you know by certainly by mid July, and then you know again we've been working on a few songs. I think we're going to do one more, we're probably going to put out. Uh, like a four track ep maybe even a split seven inch single uh, hopefully by the end of the year wow so nice. but, but right now the best way to support us would be to support the fump. uh because uh that's run by some friends of mine uh and and they're all you know everyone there is is does a lot of fun stuff and solid music and uh and it's a good time so check it out
0: yeah, I will put a link in the show notes for anybody who wants to uh to go there, although thefump.com is, is pretty straightforward. I'll I'll give you a link directly to the Invader Zim song. But if you are over on The Fump, uh definitely just do a search. Look for one of your favorite uh fun bands. Uh I, I don't know. I guess I still call them Filk bands. What do you what do you call yeah. yourselves?
2: Well, I mean again, we're, we're you know, the Ookla is absolutely uh, you know, uh part of the film community. A lot of the the Fump musicians, uh they uh you know they use the in my opinion unfortunate term dementia to describe uh oh. because it because it stems from doctor demento right right but you know again i feel like we should live in a world where we're not entirely comfortable using a word like that to yeah. describe yeah. frivolity. um but uh, but at any rate yeah i mean it, it's um you know there are some uh, people that are part of the film community that are associated with uh with the fump but a lot of them and really i mean the fump i think in many ways was an uh, an effort to kind of create its own thing. You know, like it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like whether you're, you know, coming from Dr. Menno, whether you're coming from Filk, whether you're coming from, you know, Wizard Rock or wherever else, you know, we could all kind of be gathered under this, under the thump.
0: Yeah. So, so, uh, you're all thumpers.
2: Yes, exactly. Right. Very so cool. And something that does come up a lot in our discussions is how frequently the word thump is used as a sound effect in comic
0: books. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, like we want the thump. Yeah. Yeah. Us yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so what yeah. else so ukla is currently working on on another couple of songs but what are but you also do music stuff outside of of ukla yes. what, yeah, what else what else are just, you up to um,
2: well um you know um, my wife and i i uh, have a side project uh you know it's it's a side project for ukla i suppose it's called via bella and we just uh the last two weekends we did um uh, what a, you know we did uh, some online uh streaming concerts mm-hmm. uh just this past weekend we did a uh, what we called the cozy couch concert with uh, some friends of ours, another married couple that is a band. Uh, and they were on, on our couch, the four of us, we, you know, they were in the love seat. We were on the couch and we just kind of live streamed a two and a two or two and a half hour concert. just kind of alternating songs, playing on each other's songs, doing whatever we felt like. And uh, you know, that, that was really successful. We had a really good time with that. And that will be, um, uh, you know, that's, you could view that stream either on, it streamed to our, to via Bella's Facebook page, and to the Faithful Sidekicks YouTube page. Um, and it's available through both of those. And uh, you'll be happy to notice, Stephen, that Aaron and I did perform Bill Cipher.
0: Oh, nice. So I, I it saw was a
2: live, a live concert
0: debut of the Bill Cipher song. Very cool. I saw it when you messaged me today saying, hey, the, uh, the Invader Zim song is out, and, and let's play it on the show. I was like, well, let me jump over to your, you know, your Facebook page. And I saw the concert. I just didn't uh, have time to, to yeah. watch it. Uh, or even yeah, just so. listen to it in the background, but that's cool. I'm going to go back and check it out now.
2: Yeah, and uh, if I can talk about me for a little bit more, oh sure, please. Uh, mm-hmm. This is more comic book related. Okay, uh, I can as of as of today, I can actually announce that I will uh, I will be working as an editor on a forthcoming comic called Crashdown. Oh, nice. Uh, that's going to be written by Tom Garcia and Ryan Sargent. And you probably all know Tom as Comic Tom One Hundred and One, um, very, very well regarded, very famous, and well, uh, you know, trafficked uh, YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Um, I know him as the son of Ukla's drummer Luis Garcia.
0: Oh, nice! Uh,
2: I have oh. known Tom since he was at least six point three years old. Uh, and if you're an Ukla fan, <laughs> you know the, that's another way of saying that Tommy is the Tommy from Tommy, um, uh, our song, and uh, not to. Well, not to bury the lead, but the art on this book is going to be by Ben Templesmith.
0: Oh, very cool. Wow, and
2: now It's coming out. It's going to come out later this year, hopefully uh, in October, from WhatNot Comics.
0: WhatNot Comics. Okay, I was going to ask if this was going to be a Kickstarter or if, if it was through a publisher or what. So, uh, WhatNot.com is the place where you will want to go and uh, find yeah. it there. And
2: Crash Town is the name of the book. Okay. Um, and so I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty pumped about that.
0: Have you already begun the editing on it or are you yes. um, still waiting for uh, everything yes. to come in?
2: No, we've, I mean, you know, we, the, we're finishing up the first issue.
0: Okay. And this is going to be an ongoing uh, then?
2: Uh, well, it's going to be uh, well, right now. What we're planning is like a series of three issue series. Like it's going to be like three issues and then a one shot, like a larger one shot and then mm-hmm. three issues and a larger one shot and kind of done like that.
0: Very, very cool. And then, uh, for people that are not in the United States, uh, you're going to Germany sometime between September and October.
2: That is true. Uh, we are going to be, uh, yeah. The, then the we, this is, um, um, Aaron and I, um, and yeah, we're going to be. It's going to be. We're going to be in Germany for probably about two weeks. But the 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 con itself is going to be, and I'm, I'm trying to
0: find it really quick
2: yeah to look well because like the uh, uh and of course i'm not finding <laughs> it because i'm uh, it's uh it, it's 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 oh i'm a bad person uh <laughs> oh well i'm i'm, I'm panicking here because i'm on no that's I'm okay on. um but it's yeah it's gonna well it's, it's like gonna be the the weekend that it's like the spills over the end of october into the beginning of November. i or, or i mean sorry september like it's september 29th to october 3rd something like that okay um and, uh, and yeah, it's a folk convention and Aaron and I are going to be the guests of honor, which means we'll be doing, uh, concerts, uh, you know, uh, throughout the weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I was just talking about, uh, with them about going to put together a couple of workshops and yeah, maybe like a performance workshop and a, uh, uh, and a writing workshop as well. Things, you know, so I'll be kept busy over, over the entire time. So it should be, it should be a good time.
0: Very cool. So, uh, if you were in, uh, in Germany or yeah. within driving distance of Germany, go and check down the, 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 the convention, the Phil convention and, uh, and go, go check out Rand in person. And you're going to perform there, right? As, as well as being.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll be, um, uh, yeah, well, like I said, we'll be doing at least two concerts, uh, if not more so.
0: Very cool. Yeah. You are a very, you are a very busy person. I'm surprised you have time I am. for us.
2: It, it, you know. Uh, But it's all stuff I like, so it's good. Well, that's
0: good. That's good. Good, good, good. Uh, Well, dear listeners, if you have any thoughts on uh, uh, the Invader Zim song, jump over onto our Discord server. You can join it for free. Jump into the Major Spoilers podcast channel and uh, let us know what you thought about the song. Uh, Let us know if – because we have – Rand, we have so many people that are in Europe who listen to the show who are fans of Major Spoilers. I'm sure more than a couple of them, whether they're coming from Finland or Norway or Germany itself – Uh, I'm sure several of them would uh, want to make it to your concert. Should we give them a secret? Should we give them a secret phrase to say if they come up to you at the convention so that you know that they're a (laughs) a spoilerite?
2: Yeah, I would think if they just say major spoilers, that would do it. Oh, okay, but they got
0: to do it in a secret handshake way. Like,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, perhaps (laughs) (laughs) they have to do it and they have to talk like Jack Nicholson. Major
0: spoilers. (laughs) yeah. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Very yeah, very cool, Rand. Well, I'm so amazing. excited with all of these great things that uh, that you have uh, going on. So, well, thank you. All right, everybody. Let us get to some reviews. Uh, last week, I didn't review it last week cuz I was very interested in Battle Chasers number uh, 10. Uh, so I want to take a look and talk to you about Night Fever, the latest uh, volume from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. This is not part of the Reckless series. They needed a break from the Reckless series and uh, decided to work on something that is completely different. I don't know how to explain this. Uh, this feels like Eyes Wide Shut meets. Uh, uh, what's the what's the uh, movie where the guy can't sleep? Is it called Insomnia. With uh, Al Pacino Al Pacino and Robin yeah, that's Williams, yeah, so it yes. feels like eyes wide shut meets insomnia because it is a follows a man named Jonathan Webb. He cannot fall asleep. He read this book, and there was a passage in there describing this man's uh, the character in the book's dream that is a dream that Webb had many, many years ago. And so it's driving him to figure out what the heck. why is this why is my dream in this guy's book? And he can't sleep while he's in Europe. He's a he's a, a bookseller. And after the convention one night, he decides to just go and do something radical. And he ends up at this private party and he takes another person's identity. So he sees this person on the list named Rainier. And he's like, oh, yeah, my name is Rainier. Uh, I don't have a, I don't have a mask, but, you know, they'll give him a mask. And he goes in and pretends to be Rainier. And he loves the fact that he cannot be Webb, but he can be this guy Rainier. Until the real Rainier shows up and is like, Aha, I know that you are a phony, uh, but uh, together we can do great things. And so they go about breaking into offices, beating up people, doing some scandalous things, only to find out that Webb is being framed for a murder. And how is he going to get out of this? And he has to come to this realization that, Oh, yes, it's sometimes it's fun to pretend to be somebody else. But really, I think I need to be the person that I am. And I don't know if he needs to be happy with that because he's certainly not happy by the end of it. But this is a very noir story. This is a dark piece. Uh, Sean Phillips son was a Jacob uh, does the yes. the coloring in this. And he uses a lot darker palette than what he has done before, especially in the reckless books or in um The Western book, which I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Yeah, Pulp. Pulp. Yeah, Pulp. Uh, So Night Fever is really good. Um, It was not something that I was prepared for because I was prepared for, you know, pulpy type stuff. Uh, This is very noir thriller. Think a little bit along the lines of The Third Man. But if if you think Insomnia meets Eyes Wide Shut, that'll give you a really good grounding to go into this book. Still really enjoyed it a lot. I think the art from Sean Phillips is great. Jacob does a great job in the coloring. Ed Brubaker just brings up some crazy stuff that, what was the name of that TV show, Rand, that we were talking about last time you were on? Oh, my gosh. That Brubaker did. It feels in that vein a little bit as well. Uh, And so I'm going to give it four slices of meatloaf out of five found it very enjoyable. It may not be everybody's cup of tea. There is nudity. There is graphic violence in this. uh, So be aware of that. But Night Fever was a a nice, I want to say, I shouldn't say a palate cleanser because uh, you get down and gritty and dirty in this. But uh, I really enjoyed Night Fever for what it is. I don't think we're going to see a sequel to it. It feels to be a a done in one kind of book. But uh, four slices of meatloaf out of five, I think, is uh, where it sits. Rand, did you have a chance to read this yet?
2: I did. um... Yeah and uh and I uh I uh, I I'm right with you. I mean I think 4 to 5 is right because it's you know again you know asking me if I like the new Ed Brubaker Todd <laughs> Phillips book is like asking my mom if I'm good looking, you know what I mean? Oh, um, it's <laughs> well, a
1: very nice book. Uh,
2: I I could say that, you know it was great but yeah, but I wouldn't say it was like my favorite of theirs. I pre- you yeah. know I certainly uh you know I uh, didn't enjoy this as much as I've enjoyed uh um, the Reckless series, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a great graphic novel. And if you're a fan of the type of story that Stephen was describing, then you absolutely are going to adore this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm probably going to go back and read reread this a couple of times just because uh, and I think I'll have some different perspectives on it. But I, I for what it was, as it kind of washed over me, it was it was good. It was good. All right. Uh, Another book that people have been very excited about lands uh, this week. It's saga number 65 from image comics. Matthew, tell us all about this book. Well, I can't
1: um, for two reasons. One, I don't want you to know from me what's about to happen, but I will tell you this. Uh, It really fascinates me how a book going on hiatus can cause it to seemingly disappear from the the quote-unquote zeitgeist. And the return of Saga is something that I was super, super excited for. And I didn't feel like I saw anybody saying, hey, this is super, super exciting. Saga's coming back, you guys. And the people who did say it, I feel like aren't yelling every month when the book comes out. And I just kind of feel like, how is this possible? It's still... As cool a book as ever. And at the end of issue 64, if you have been paying attention to Saga, basically what we know is that the two main characters of the book, one of them is super dead and the other is on the run and just basically making her way across the galaxy with her two children, one of whom is a robot and the other of whom is uh, actually uh, two different people so a a biracial character with wings and horns which is really kind of cool and they killed somebody and they killed somebody who if i'm reading it right was pretty important to this series if only thematically and so uh when we got to the end of the previous issue issue 64 a decision was made because the kids are trying to find a way to resurrect their fathers uh, Marco and Prince Robot the Fourth. And they think they have found a way to do it, but it's going to require them to do some things that, yeah, um, how shall I put this, are probably evil, <laughs> but at the very least, questionable. And of course, their mom would not approve of it, but she also doesn't know that it's going on. Uh, saga number 65, first of all, is still beautiful. Uh, Honestly, if I ever explode and somebody needs to draw my life, uh, please get either Fiona Staples or Mike Alred, or ideally both because, I mean, they're going to need big paper. My life is big and stuff of, of that nature. But more importantly, it's still as complex. It's still as interesting. It's still as real a narrative as it's always been. And I was trying to remember when saga number one came out because it seems like a hundred years ago it seems like a time when we were all reading like fables and we were reading books that are also you know gone although yes fables did come back i, I don't know if, did you read fables rand you did know you i i i
2: i didn't i read a couple issues and it just didn't capture me which is a terrible thing to admit out loud but yeah
1: mm-hmm. it so does right. happen you know and the original apparently saga has been around for just about ten years. So sixty-five. Uh, if this was Marvel Comics in nineteen ninety-four, has a five on it, and it would be a big uh, event issue, <laughs> and it would have like a shiny cover with maybe embossed, uh, glow-in-the-dark, flying silveriness. And I mention this because, again, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't want to hint because I hate it when a book like this gets you a twist and then it you know somebody's like hey. so what you're you saying hear? is there's
0: a twist
1: he yeah. was king arthur all along or you know you get to the point where it's just like it was his sled um bruce willis is dead you know all of these moments you do have um a little bit of a oh what's what i'm looking for sort of a a difficulty for lack of a better word or a, a dichotomy when you're trying to tell somebody about a book that you like, but you also want them to be surprised by the thing, the thing that has happened. So be aware. These are the things that I absolutely want you to know. The children are trying to resurrect somebody. A character got their head blown off. Uh, Alana may or may not be shipping out in 12 seconds for the, for the rest of the world. And most importantly, Vaughn and Staples are still solid. Now, I do have my usual, not even complaint, but my usual problem with Saga in that every time an issue comes out, I read it, I go, wait, who in the world is that? I go back and I read the previous three so that I have the context and go, okay, that's who in the world that is, and then I have to read it again. But then I'm like, wait, I noticed something else. So here's the, the real steel deal of Saga number 65. It's drawn beautifully the solicitation says everything is going to be fine and that solicitation is an absolute lie uh, three and a half slices of meatloaf this is a good book this is a book that both infuriates and frightens me i feel like if you've been reading saga recently you'll like it if you've been reading saga from the beginning from the very beginning you're going to have a love hate relationship with it as i do and most importantly Don't read reviews because those reviewers may tell you something. Go read the book and then come back and say, Oh, Matthew, you're so good at this. You're so good at telling us to go read this book. Three and a half slices of meatloaf for saga 65. And you, you're listening in the future. You know what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) You hear me? You hear me? All right. There you go. Uh, Rand, you also picked up an image comic, uh, this week. I hate fairyland number six. Yes. Yes.
2: And this is uh, issue six of the second volume of I Hate Fairyland. The first volume was 20 issues long. Uh, It was written and illustrated by Scotty Young, and it ended in 2018. So uh, this is kind of an unexpected return. Um, uh, The story of I Hate Fairyland is uh, there's a a six-year-old girl named uh, Gert who finds herself... uh, trapped in fairyland and goes on an adventure. She has to, you know, she's sent off a very Wizard of Oz-like to find the key that will allow her to return to the real world. Um, Unfortunately, Kurt is is not very good at finding keys or deciphering clues or solving puzzles or, well, really very smart at all. And so 27 years later, Gert is still trapped in fairyland and she's trapped in the body of a six-year-old girl and she's become an utter and complete sociopath. And that's pretty much, I hate fairyland with really funny, cartoony art by Scotty Young, um, and, uh, and a lot of excessive violence drawn, you know, humorously. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of this 20-issue series, Gertie finally made it home, um, but in the first storyline of the second volume, an adult Gert found herself tricked and trapped once again in fairyland. Um, I tried to warn you that she wasn't very smart. Um, uh <laughs> And uh, this issue, which starts the second storyline, it reunites Gert with her former Fairyland guide, Larry, uh, a, an insect, a Ray Jiminy Cricket-type insect. Um, and, of course, it supplies, uh, a, a, you know, as we get every issue, uh, another massive dose of cartoon violence. Um, this issue felt a bit like a placeholder issue to me. Uh, it, it, you know, it wasn't really doing it for me as much as the previous issues in this volume. Um, but. Like as I was reading through it, I was like, "Oh, you know, this is just just okay." But man, the the last page after the, the review on the last page, I would say that all sins were forgiven. Um, it had it's just, just visually, it's one of the most entertaining last pages I've read in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the major spoiler is that there are time travel shenanigans, and I hate Fairyland is going multiverse. Nice. Um, the I idea hate is hate that that. Uh, the king of Fairyland who took over because his sister was killed by Gert in the first volume wants to get rid of Gert and realizes that the only way to do that is to get Gert as a child from an alternate universe to come and kill the adult Gert. So, uh, you know, things are set up, uh, for a pretty fun, uh, storyline moving forward. Um, like I said, yeah, I mean, if you've been, if you've been reading this book, you know, you're certainly going to enjoy this issue and you're going to enjoy what's coming. I would imagine if you're new, uh, I would recommend going back to the beginning. But if you were to start with this issue, you're not going to be too lost. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say this is the the best put foot forward for the series. But you know, you could certainly pick it up and 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 figure out what's going on. Uh, one change from the first volume uh, is that Scotty Young is no longer illustrating the book. Brett Bean is illustrating the book in a very similar style, um, and the artwork is fine. Um, and like I said, it's it's not a jarring departure from Scotty Young, but through no fault of beans, I prefer Scotty Young's artwork. I, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for Scotty Young. I think he's great. Sure. Um, I would give this three out of f- 3.5, you know, three and a half out of five slices of meatloaf. Uh, if you like stories that satirize fantasy tropes while still managing to honor them, uh, or if you like comics with an emphasis on comedic apparel, then this is a comic for you.
0: Very good. Very good. Thank you, Rand for that. Thank you, Matthew. And thank you, dear listener for everything you do to be a part of the major spoilers podcast. Listen, if you have not become a patron over at patreoncom slash major spoilers, now is the best time to do it. Why? Because uh, we could, uh, we could uh, use your help to keep major spoilers going. Uh, The podcast, the website, uh, all the things that we do, putting, food into people's mouths because, uh, hey, uh, we do a lot for uh, the community and we're hoping that you can help us out as well. We didn't have any new patrons uh, this week, but if you do sign up and become a member at the silver level, you will get access to the Major Spoilers podcast pre-show. And this week, I give my initial non-spoilery thoughts on the Flash movie. And you're saying, oh, well, why did you do that? Well, number one, not many people saw the movie in the movie theater. So some of you may still be waiting, uh, but uh, it also may have a little bearing into what we are about to talk about in our trade paperback this week. So what are you waiting for? Patreon.com slash major spoilers. If you're still sitting on the fence going, eh, I don't know. Hey, listen, you can go and check out a five minute preview of any of our audio posts that we put up there uh, just to kind of give you a taste of what you can expect when you become a full patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers. I did not become a huge Flash fan until Mark Wade took over as the writer of The Flash and really gave us a very fresh look on Wally West, really moved him from Kid Flash into what we think of as Wally West today, or wait, maybe I should say, what we think of of Barry Allen today is all because of all the work that Mark Wade put into the Wally West character back in the the eighties and nineties. Uh, because uh, because really everybody has just lifted Wally West stuff and turned it into a Flash TV show, poured a bunch of it into uh, movies and and other properties. Uh, and so if you're wondering where things like the Speed Force comes from or uh, where, um, you know, uh, characters like uh, Impulse comes from, it all is thanks to Mark Wade. And so this week we're taking a look at The Flash Terminal Velocity. This is an interesting, interesting tale. Uh, this volume actually contains not only the six issue Terminal Velocity storyline, but also has an origin story for uh, Wally West, as well as a uh Supernatural werewolf story and I forget what the last one is. Uh, uh it doesn't matter. They're not as good as Terminal Velocity. <laughs> so it has
1: I believe the flash number 0 as well. Yeah,
0: that's the that's the retelling of the of the origin story. Um it's the very first thing that you read in there. Terminal Velocity has Wally coming back from who knows where um and coming back a changed person. The faster he goes, the more he is being lured, being tempted by this thing that he can only describe as some kind of uh, of an energy uh, beyond the speed of light uh, that's drawing him in. In this terminal velocity, they don't come out and say speed force. This will come out, I think, in the next volume. But it's the speed force that he's that that Wally is talking about. Um, At this point, Impulse has already made his appearance and he is trying to train impulse on how he's supposed to be a hero. Max Mercury is around. Johnny Quick is around. Jesse Quick is around. This is where we get this whole Flash family uh, really starting to build up and where Wade is really stretching his legs and allowed to kind of run with everything that is about to happen to Wally West and the entire Flash family. Heck, Matthew, we even get an appearance by our favorite beefcake, Chilbane, in in one of these issues. Yay, Chillbane. Chilbane. Chilbane is the worst. Fortunately, Chilbane goes down pretty quick. Uh, But (laughs) but the the main story is that Wally doesn't want to know that he he doesn't want Iris to know that he could be sucked into the speed force. And so he is kind of keeping secrets from her. And of course, she doesn't like it. Meanwhile, they're both trying to investigate and figure out what is Cobra doing in Central. No, they're not in Central City. I I guess they're Keystone Keystone. City uh, in this issue. And uh, Central and
1: Keystone are twin cities at this point, separated yes, by the river.
0: Yes, uh, and in this case, Cobra uh, is using all of the natural energies, both geothermic, wind, and solar energies. Wow, uh, all the way back in '95, uh, a progressive city like Keystone is using solar and wind. Suck it, Ron DeSantis. Um, and and Cobra is harnessing all of that power to set off a series of earthquakes. That will ripple across the entire United States, but I think the entire world and bring everything crashing down, which will allow Cobra to reign supreme. Uh, This then forces everybody to team up and try to take down Cobra in the process. Uh, Barry may have figured out a solution or maybe he hasn't. Maybe Iris will die. Maybe she won't. Eh, She won't. Linda. I'm sorry, Linda. Yes, listen, you, just,
1: you just switched to Barry and yeah, Iris. Yeah, sorry,
0: sorry. Uh, <laughs> Wally and Iris. We've
1: also seen this on TV. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: uh, this is, so, yeah, that's the thing is right. Matthew is so, again, so much of what Mark Wade did with his run with Wally West, making Wally West the greatest Flash character ever. CW and everyone else is just like, oh, no, we're going to make, we're going to just lift that and 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 put all that stuff into Barry Allen the boringest right. flash of all time there there, there <laughs> was someone in in dc upper management who idolized uh, Barry Allen and that's fine I mean it's 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 fine well and i'm curious too cuz i don't know the whole story but at one point mark wade and dc had a very aggressive parting of ways mm-hmm. uh and this is why uh mark went to boom studios and then over to humanoids and has been doing his own thing he's back at dc now uh, maybe because one of those upper management people is no longer there. Uh, and this is also why we get these volumes that are being published by DC, because for the longest time, DC would not collect Mark Wade's flash run. And now you can get his entire run in an omnibus form. So maybe that's part of it is uh, some upper management person was like, yeah, screw Mark Wade. We're just going to do all this with Barry Allen.
1: I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know either way. I can say this, um, when you are reading a Wade flash story, you really are reading kind of the building blocks of flash from probably 1992 to about 2000, easily a decade, flash it's one.
0: easily a decade, if
1: not more. Yeah, probably closer to 20 years, because really the thing that changes it is Flashpoint, because Mm -hmm. ever since Flashpoint, every Flash story has been Flashpoint or variations on Flashpoint. And, you know, I say that with love. You know, it happened to Green Lantern, too, at the point where we had seven Green Lantern cores. Every single story for about 10 years was about that. And then people are like, but okay, what, what else is going on? They're like nothing you got seven cores and flashpoint and that's that's what you got but i really like these because a i was reading the flash and mm-hmm. uh, when this when this came out but yeah me too it's also it's a time of flash that i really love the the it is a time of flash which i quite enjoy uh not just because of wade but because of sal mm-hmm because Salaroca picked up from um, what was his name? Was it Humberto Ramos right before Salaroca? N- I don't, I don't or was remember. Ringo
0: No, it's Mike where Ringo uh, was doing a bunch of stuff okay. with that. Um, Humberto Ramos came in and really started with um, what, at least impulse when I saw it with impulse stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and th- and so yeah. I should point out, and this is. Uh, this is kind of funny is that when Umberto Ramos started doing the impulse book, he started doing all the exaggerated features on everybody, including Bart's giant yep. feet. Not once in this entire volume does Bart have giant feet. And I really appreciate that. that.
1: That's because Sal La Roca didn't draw a giant feet and Mike Waringo yeah. drew large feet. I mean, he drew a kid who was a gangly teenager, even though mm-hmm. he's was only two, but
0: yeah, but the, yeah, everybody after Umberto Ramos is like, yep. oh Bart must have these giant feet. And it's like, no. And you're, giant that's enormous a, hair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is somebody's artistic style being taken as as canon. So and yeah. that's you know, that's one
1: of the reasons why I don't necessarily like it as much after that. But this this kind of swing shift going from Laringo into Sal La Roca, even young Sal La Roca, because honestly Salvador La Roca can draw yeah. or could I mean, have away I mean- just recently. Uh,
2: Oscar Jimenez
1: took over for the Dead Heat storyline, which I thought looked great, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good, did good. And um, oh, what was his name? Travis Cherist was in there for a while. Uh,
0: yeah, I think there's one, uh, there's a one shot in here that is done by a different guest artist real quick, just like, hey, for this issue, so-and-so is yeah. jumping in. It's,
2: it's Carlos Pacheco.
0: Pacheco, that's what Yeah, go. Yeah.
2: But I'm saying like, you know, like he's hardly just a jamoke.
0: you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, wow, no, wow. they've got, I mean, they've yeah. got great artists in this. Now, uh, you know, The Flash at this point is not, you know, DC's biggest title, but I would say with Mark Wade's run culminating with terminal velocity, this is the mm-hmm. thing that moves flash up into what I would probably say the top three, if not top four character books that DC is putting out Batman, Superman, wonder woman and the flash. I wouldn't even put green lantern up uh, to this Certainly point. Not yet. In one of the
2: things, no.
1: You
0: know,
2: as someone who was there, you know, reading these at the time, you know, we have to remember that this is particularly like, okay, if you're, uh, you know, reading this story, coming to this story from today. You know, in other words, mm-hmm. if you're going back to this, not you know, having you know, someone who's kind of been reading comics over the last you know five or ten years, and you're going to go back to this, you're going to find that it's overwritten.
0: You yes know, the words yeah. per
2: panel ratio yeah. is high by today's standards. Um, and the reason I bring this up, though, is to say that you need to understand that this time, uh, you know, like like you know, like in my lifetime, comics have gone from floppies, and that's all you get. Mm-hmm. To uh, a consistent, uh, you know, collection that you could look forward to, to available digitally forever and ever on men. Just yeah. like TV went from broadcast and you're ever going to see it again, to you can buy it on DVD, to it's streaming somewhere, you can check it out. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, it's the same same pathway. But what we have with Terminal Velocity is an early example of a branded storyline from an ongoing series that mm-hmm. was popular enough to be collected almost immediately. Yeah. And, and in many ways, Terminal Velocity is kind of like the poster boy for, for the non-major event storyline that got was put into print as a graphic novel almost immediately after the last issue ran. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so in some ways, it's kind of like, you know, it's important outside of the story itself just for kind of making it clear that, oh, you could make a lot more money. You know, if you've got a story that's getting a bit of buzz, Yep. you know, if you put it in a collection quickly, you could make a, a ton of money. Um, but we need to remember that when Mark Wade wrote this, he didn't, he had no knowledge that it would ever be collected, right. which is why you get summations of previous issues,
1: right, right, you know,
2: kind of crammed into dialogue, you know, and that stuff that, you know, it's, it was kind of an editorial mandate because otherwise someone picking up an issue, you know, they couldn't go back.
1: Right. To the well, issue. Show. Well, as you know, Rand, uh, one of the singers of the filk band Ookla the Mock, I Matthew, one of the hosts of the Major Spoilers podcast, was reading comics in 1994, and I can tell you that in 1994, these comics, Rand, uh, one of yes. the singers of Ukla the Mock,
0: do those kind of recaps. All right, and I'm telling uh, you to stop talking. <laughs> to I've been saying that but for years, Rand. So I mean, it doesn't doesn't help. Uh, and then no, I said, but you're absolutely you right. Call me and you say, I can't hear your audio and somehow it's my fault. You, you are absolutely right, I, though. Well, it is. But uh, you're absolutely right, Matthew, in that that is part of and, and also Rand, that is part of. The method of storytelling, right? That you have to yeah. keep, catch people up, and at least yeah. once you have to say that is Bart Allen. He is the you know the silliest right. boy alive, yeah. and that the is Jesse Quick, the fastest. My mentor, the
1: original Flash.
0: Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, technically my cousin, and that's Jesse Quick, the fastest woman alive. He's, He's the, the
2: master of speed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I <laughs> like that. To be honest, even going back and rereading this today, oh, it gave me some nostalgia, and I love. I love that stuff where he's like, that's Max Mercury. This is in Master of Speed. Yeah. And it's re- interesting, too, because in the Terminal Velocity, the six issues, uh, Max Mercury has just appeared on the scene. So it's interesting yeah, right. that in that six issue arc, when Max is appearing, you can see Mark Wade kind of tinkering with, what do we call this guy? Until you get up to the point, you know, where <laughs> you get the you get the Max Mercury uh, Quicksilver um I guess you can't call him Quicksilver, but you get that kind of like flashback story. And then like the very next time he's like, oh, he's some kind of Zen master of speed. And then from there on, it's Max Mercury's Zen master of speed. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's cool to just see Mark kind of, yeah, to kind of tweak and and pull it.
2: Yeah. And if you guys, if you know anyone out there, if you're not familiar with Mark Wade, I mean,
0: first of all,
1: welcome to comic books. My
2: name's Matthew. Yes. Well, no, but I'm saying that, you know, this may sound dismissive, but like he's such a solid writer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is like, you know, like it's just, he just he has such a deep understanding of story and plot structure and character and pacing. And, and it's just like, there are a lot of great comic writers who have really good ideas and are really good writers, but they don't have those things necessarily, you know, they need an editor to kind of, you know, keep them in line with that. And Mark Wade was that editor before he was that writer.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: Matthew. You know, he, was the, he edited Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol.
0: Yeah. Matthew and
2: was. Like, why, why can't Grant Morrison write like he wrote Doom Patrol? Because Mark
1: <laughs> Wade isn't editing.
0: Yeah, kid. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was the whole, my name is Wally West, I'm the fastest man alive, is that a Mark Wade thing? No, that is actually um Or is that Bill a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mike Barron? Did Mike Barron I, put that
1: in? Or was that. I, was that I want William. to say it was Willingham. You know, it may have been Baron. I would actually have to go back to Flash Volume Two, Number One. And I was just thought that that right? was it started showing up in Willingham, or at least I William remember Mr. it showing Loves? up. In Willingham. Yes, him. Was- my bad, Bill Lobes. Yes, William yeah, yeah. Messner Lobes. <laughs> a- Thank you, Rand.
0: Yeah, yes. I just always like I always like that introduction. Then again, when you see it in in modern day with Barry Allen, my name is Barry Allen. Uh, it's so mu- yeah, it's man, so much. Not, <laughs> It's so much better when Wally West says it in these pages. I don't know. This is so much of this again, uh, as I talk briefly about little spoiler alert for the flash movie, Mark Wade gets no credit anywhere in the flash movie.
2: That's the worst.
0: As I'm, as I'm reading, as I'm reading this and here's the speed force. It's like, this is the genesis of everything that flash the character has become for the last 20, almost 30 years it's all right here in this book. And it's like, oh, this was so good. And then you find out that Cobra is the big bad. And you're like, oh, this is what the CW series was missing. They were missing right. an ongoing villain group called Cobra that they could keep bringing yeah. back into the TV series again and again and again. And it's just like, ah, oh, there's so many brilliant bits. Uh, again, uh, <laughs> super fast werewolves aside uh, later in, in this uh, book. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <that's> little- <laughs> well, yeah, and another, and again, I, I guess I'm I'm like context guy for this the, this for this week, but I mean something else again. I think we need to remember is that Wade's Flash, the you know, it, you know this storyline, but really his entire run well, was kind of released into the post Watchman world of like overly yes, dour yeah. superhero comics. You know, right. you know these comics where you know, at this moment in time being adult meant being dark.
0: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and. This book is not dark there. There is peril. There are consequences. There is danger, but it's not dark. Ultimately this book for all of its good, for all of its plot, for all of its, you know, uh, you know, for all the interesting nature of the story, it's ultimately a romance comic. Yes. You know, like the main thing about this comic, it's about, you know, like like the, the relationship of Wally and Linda is the heart of the comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. again it doesn't you know and it obviously there's enough plot that if you miss that or if you don't care about that there's more than enough to keep you occupied but really the heart of it that's what it's a story about and that's just that wasn't happening in certainly in dc comics i mean this this was the book that created the counter revolution of well-written character-driven superhero comics in dc here's
0: the thing that here's the thing that i liked about Mark Wade's run on Flash is you're right, Rand, you did get the adventure part and and certainly Terminal Velocity was just nonstop. We must stop Cobra. Cobra has done this. Ah, you know, "Ah," uh, you know, that kind of stuff throughout. But you're right. The the quiet moments where we get to see Wally's life like I, you know, there's at one point where he's like, I need money to buy my house or to refix up my house Uh, or just his relationship with Linda and the issues there that are ongoing as they are going from dating to moving in together to getting married to having kids, all of that stuff. Flash kind of, and this is why I, I love Flash so much, especially the Mark Wade run on Flash, is it kind of feels a little bit like Peter Parker's Spider-Man, in that you mm-hmm. get to spend time yeah. with the hero, but the most interesting parts of the tales are when it's the interpersonal Wally West stuff and the Peter Parker stuff as opposed to the Flash or the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. And this is,
1: I mean, this is a sweet spot for you because this is really the, the style of comics and the writer yeah, yeah, yeah. and the character yeah. that you really, really like. You yeah. know, when I read this, I don't necessarily, it's definitely wordier than a modern book. But Keep in mind, I cut my teeth on Steve Gerber defenders. And so <laughs> if you want to talk about writing an entire graphic novel, in between the panels, you know, read yourself some Gerber, Howard, the duck. So I'm like, this is, this is less wordy than I remember, but I also do remember, um, you know, Otter disaster and I going to the store and being, man, look at all this grim, dark nonsense. Hey, let's read us some flash Mm -hmm. because it really was out of the ordinary, but it's, it should not be lost on us. That not only is this, bringing in romance tropes, bringing in all of the, the character stuff that kind of got thrown by the wayside in the, the 89, 90, 91 revolution that gave us things like you know Youngblood and the adventures of Wolverine, Wolverine, and Wolverine attorneys at law. It's also, this is a six-issue arc. Mm-hmm. Usually those arcs were four, occasionally five. Six-issue arcs are the way of the world now, This may not be the first one, but this is definitely one of the first times I remember seeing it. And this is the era where we see that six-issue arc coming up that, for some reason, now is the perfect trade paperback line. Six, you know, 22-page floppies, slap them all together, you got yourself a comic. A lot of the things that we know about modern comics are built on the foundation of Mark Wade. Some of that comes from Marvel. Some of that comes from, you know, Kingdom Come. Some of that comes from, you know, Mark Wade's take on uh, the Justice League. Remember that whole Batman has planned to defeat everybody? Yeah. That was first that was first actually yeah. put into the, a, a Mark Wade issue of Justice League. He yeah, the Star first to actually yeah. yeah, put that thing together. Almost everything that we know about these modern storytelling tropes it comes out of this era. So I, I would say probably in the last four or five years, we've started to see a shift towards storytelling a little further down the line, you know, to the point where our ultimate Spider-Man is almost kind of the the template for what a modern comic
0: has become in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, but yeah, And ultimate Spider-Man is exactly time. what it needed to be.
1: Right, and that's the thing. This book is exactly what it needed to be at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the book where a creator Mark Wade really like, I don't know if I I know that Wade has been quoted as saying at this time, I was Wally. Mm -hmm. You know, this was, this was me contextualizing my own struggles into this character. And I was Wally. And he said, you know, when he came back and was doing a second run on flash, it didn't click as well because he wasn't Wally anymore. Mm -hmm. And, I think that's kind of a thing that you do have to keep in mind. Sometimes it's not just a good creator. It's a really good match between the creator and the character and, you know, the topics at hand that
0: really lock it down. And I feel like this is, this is seminal flash for me. This oh, is, Oh yeah. This, this is a this, flash runs. I, I think Mark Wade's run on flash. Uh, Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man. Um, I, uh, there's probably others that I can't think of off the top of my head that have really, really long runs. Uh, uh, Eric Larson's, uh, what is it? Uh, Dragon. No, uh, uh, Savage Dragon. Tim Mc- Savage, yeah, Dragon. Savage Dragon is what I was going to say. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and Todd McFarlane on, on spawn. I okay. think those are your, Point those of are your th-
1: <laughs> most of Todd McFarlane spawn is not by Todd McFarlane.
0: Well, that's true, but yes, I would definitely say <laughs> Savage Dragon, uh, flash and, uh, Dan Spider-Man. I think those are things where you can look at. Just a writer really clicking with what they're right. doing and really grasping onto the character and, and playing it forward. And again, for people that uh, either before you go to see the Flash movie or after you want to see the Flash movie and you want to see a really good Flash story. I really think you should pick up the flash terminal velocity. I really, yes, you're going to come into it with some stuff like where did Bart come from? I mean, they, they tell you again and again and again, and where did all these other guys come from? I know that they're releasing the omnibus collections right now, uh, that will have all this in there, but man, this is, this is, it's funny. It's one of the ways that I think this
2: book is very, has, has a lot of the, the, the beats of a Western,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: like, you know, like Cobra rides into town And so the the sheriff puts together the posse, you know what I mean? And that's the, you know, and so what it it means when the sheriff puts together the posse, you don't necessarily know the backstory of every member of the posse. Right.
0: Right. Right. right.
2: You just know that they've got a gun that the sheriff trusts, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, I I say, go out and pick this up. This is, this is, this is, this is, if you want to read a good flash story, this is it. Uh, This, this is really the thing. Forget about anybody else who said that they wrote the flash. This is the stuff you want to read.
2: I, I I will agree with you with the caveat that I feel like like it it would be a real shame to read Terminal Velocity and then not read Dead Heat because Dead Heat yes. uh, yeah. in many ways fulfills the promise of uh the ro- what's at the heart of Terminal Velocity and vis a vis the the romance and the connection of the romance mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Linda and, and Wally and how that connects to the speed force and his going in and out of it.
0: Yeah, and if you wanna if you watched that to what was it, the fifth season, the fourth season of the television series, uh, dead heat is all about, is, is yeah. that, that TV series, but done right. Yeah. Uh, and you so even yeah, have like, yeah, you know, like
2: you know, the bad guy in, in dead heat is like, you know, Savitar. Yeah. But you know, he's this guy who's like, you know, he sees it as spiritually sees this, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, which is, so yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, like this, and I have to, to admit, like I was late to the Mark Wade flash game, meaning that I jumped on board as no. terminal velocity came
0: out oh okay, okay. oh wow yeah i so was what I, mean is I was like, in it before that
2: i had to go back to those earlier issues before terminal velocity but obviously i you know so what i and this is where um and in fact uh in stop talking about complex Control kill you there's mm-hmm. a line about stop spending all our cash on back issues of the flash and that yeah. was me actually okay. collecting nice uh Getting back to yeah. the issues at that point were actually expensive because they had never been collected and were unlikely to ever be collected. Mm-hmm. So they were actually hard to find.
0: Well, in um, fact, the um, flash number 95, the first appearance of, of Bart, it took yes. me forever. I mean, literally until it took me a decade before I could find that issue because that issue was so popular. I didn't know it ahead of mm-hmm. time. But I went into my comic book shop when I was in Atlanta in 95 and they're like, sorry, we we sold out the issues before or people were demanding the the comic before they did the pulls, So it wasn't even added into my pull because there was such a demand wow. for it and they were really wow. apologizing and they're like, we're going to try to get a reprint. We're going to try to get a copy for you and they could never do it. And it took me uh, moving from Atlanta to California and then to Hayes and the introduction of this thing called eBay before i was ah. able to get my hands on flash number 95 i've got an, a series of articles i think on the major spoilers website somewhere where i'm reviewing all of these comic book stores throughout kansas and every the reason why i was going to all these comic book stores is to find this copy of the flash <laughs> so that's how yeah. hard it was yeah. to find find this stuff
2: i remember and i the, the pain is real the struggle yeah. was real I mean, yeah 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 i definitely i that was exactly me too i like cuz like i said i started you know on or, or a little bit before terminal velocity and moved forward but yeah i didn't uh i didn't have like you know the return of barry allen stuff i mm-hmm. you know i had to get those issues and
1: so yeah i definitely uh yeah. was late to the game i so mean return of barry allen issues with the um john fox la roque la roque art oh yeah. man is that the
0: john fox one no john fox comes after terminal oh, right velocity. after that one yeah, I thought he so was right around. I thought of, that was with The Return of Barry Allen for some reason. No, that's... No, the uh The Return of Barry but, Allen
1: but Fox the, uh, right for Dead Heat, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Something right.
1: Something like that. Because, yeah, he like, just shows up. Yeah, The Return of Barry Allen ends in 79. Uh And this run starts in the 90s, so it yeah. was before that. And then, yeah, Dead Heat, and then Wally kind of gets lost in the time stream. time stream. John Fox shows up. Yeah. yeah. Right. By And the then, thing, then Wade went away, away and... Remember Grant Morrison or Mark Miller took over for a year? Both. Grant yeah. Morrison and Mark Miller together took yes. over for a year. And people were like, Oh man, this isn't as good. <laughs> and you know, when when Miller and Morrison together come in and do your encore, you know, okay, so imagine you go and you're like, Hey, this is a really great indigo girls concert. What's the encore? It turns out it's Mike Nesmith and George Harrison <laughs> and they're going to come out and they're going to work together. And you're like, Oh man, that's amazing. But you know, that Indigo girls. So when, yeah. you, when yeah. you can look at Mike Nesmith and George Harrison and say, I want more Indigo girls, right. that's how you it's, know, you need to yeah. go buy this issue with the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But I,
2: I will say, I know this isn't what we're here to talk about, but, but the human race story that Graham Morrison wrote, I think
0: is genius it is yeah the one
2: with the imaginary
0: the one friend we, oh oh yeah 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 where he has to get back to linda
2: he races his imaginary friend i feel like yeah. like i think my favorite mark miller thing ever is the one shot that he wrote uh that was the jay garrick one shot
1: oh yeah that, that is that
2: my is... favorite mark miller story bar none but but i think yes. the best of that year of flash stories was that three issue human race and it's and mm-hmm. they've and, you know people they, it's kind of been clear that like they were like Grant Morrison wrote the human race three, you know, and that we know like they were, they weren't writing together Is my yeah. point? They were yeah, kind yeah. of like vaguely plotting together and then, you know, separating things out.
1: Yeah. You could, you can kind of feel that, especially, oh, yeah, you, you know, can, yeah. yeah. You can
2: tell the difference between, you know, something that, that Grant Morrison wrote and, in, in and, in a you know, a beer drinking conversation Grant Morrison had with Mark Miller that then Mark Miller turned around and wrote.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And you know, if that, that, Uh, it's flash one thirty four is the Garrick story that also made it into the flash because that's the one where the thinker is dying. Oh, right. And Jay is trying to find his old thinking cap. And Jay's like, you know, we tried to beat each other to death in 1944 thinker, but I'm at the point now where we're both old men and we're friends. I'm going to try and help you cure whatever terminal disease you have. Because uh, Wally, I think, had broken legs or something after mm-hmm. Dead Heat.
0: Yeah, after Dead Heat. No, it, yeah. was,
1: it wasn't It was Dead Heat. It was like something stopped, like absolute stop or something.
0: Oh, that was um, where he lost his connection to the yeah, Speed Force. Was yeah, that emer- it? Emergency
1: yeah. Stop. Dead Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah something
2: No, weird. Emergency Stop was the first storyline of the Grant Morrison, Mark Miller. The, run. Uh,
1: uh, Morrison, okay. Mo- okay. The Millerson, if you will. Yes.
0: Uh, Here's yeah. the thing. It, don't pass favorite? up on Mark Wade Comics, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. don't sleep on the Wade. The Wade Flash is what we're saying.
0: Yeah, no, this is this yeah. is a book that you need to pick up. Uh, I, I I really think so. Uh, Rand, would you agree?
1: Oh my gosh,
2: yes, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, just you know, if you're not familiar with comics from this time period, you know, again, it's by by modern standards, it's a little wordy uh, and a little a little bit repetitive, but I mean, the story is well worth it, and it's not. And as as Matthew
1: said, <laughs> there are so many worse examples of this. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Matthew, yeah, final fine. thoughts.
1: Oh, definitely pick this one up. This, I mean, there are stories in this volume, Terminal Velocity, that are not as good as the main six-issue spine, but none of them aren't good. And you get to see several of 1995's best artists doing cool things, and you get to see Wade, not quite at the peak of his powers, but it's the young Wade, and like every single issue, you can see him getting his footing that much stronger and really locking down this character, the Wally Linda relationship, everybody in Keystone city. And, you know, it's got Jay Garrick, which anything with Jake mm-hmm. Garrick sold, sold American. I'll buy yeah. it.
0: Very good. All right. Thank you, Rand for joining us uh, this week. Oh, and Matthew, thank you again. Uh, And I think that's where we're going to wrap it up, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value in the show, if you also took a trip down memory lane with us, we'd love for you to join us on our Patreon page where you can find even more fun, including that pre-show that I talked about earlier. You can find more information about how you can become a patron, even listen to a couple of minutes of the pre-show for free over at patreon.com slash major spoilers next week on the show. Oh, my gosh. Ah, Indiana Jones is coming to theaters and we're going to uh-huh. be taking a look at Indiana Jones and the fate of Atlantis. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you soon.
1: Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you.
2: Man's a clone. Stop spending all our cash on back issues of the flash. Or I swear, to God you're gonna spend your years alone.
0: This podcast is copyright twenty twenty three by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.